0: Bienvenidos a todos los pescadores que hay. Les invitamos a escuchar nuestro programa de pescar Rod and Real Radio en canal 540 Radio Sion, con sus huéspedes John Apolon Cassidy, Stan Vanderberg, and Wendy Toshihard.
1: And now, it's time for Rod and Reel Radio with your hosts, hop-along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja. Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio, brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway in Maine or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck, or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand-name tires at competitive prices, remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now, here's your host, Hop Along John Cassidy. Thank
2: you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome to our Rod and Real Radio. I am your host, Hop Along John Cassidy, and we appreciate you tuning in to us tonight. Now, tonight we are going to present for you another all recorded show, new interviews that we've done with a lot of individuals that i think uh, you're going to be interested in we've got bill boyce from the dollar a day fishing club we've got carrie wilson she writes the article for the california department of fish and wildlife for WN, plus a whole number of interviews that stan wendy and i were able to do not only during the fred hall show in long beach but also at the Fred Hall Show in Del Mar. So I think you're going to find them fun and entertaining. But before we start that, let's just give you uh, some announcements and things that are happening here real quick. April 2nd through October 31st is the catfish season at Santee Lakes. They're going to be stocking 24,000 pounds of catfish this year. It all starts April 2nd. There's all kinds of prizes to be had, all kinds of funds for the family. You're going to want to know all about it. Go to SanteeLakes.com and get the schedule. Also, we want to remind you that the 25th annual Brian Graves Bass Tournament is going to be held Sunday, April 3rd at Lake Hodges. This is the 25th year this event has been going on. The proceeds of the event go to a scholarship fund in the memory of Brian Graves who was unfortunately killed by a drunk driver in an accident over 25 years ago. It's put on by his parents. It's been a big success every year. If you want more information about the event, call Pete Graves, or you get an entry fee at the uh, at your local uh, stores throughout here in San Diego. The phone number for Pete Graves is 760-753-6214. Also want to remind you, the International Yellowtail Derby is coming on up for 2016. It's April 30th through June the 5th, but there is an early bird entry time. It ends March the 31st, you know, so you want to get, if you want to save some money, if you're going to be in the International Yellowtail Derby, you want to get in early, you want to go to yellowtailderby.com, and we want to congratulate Kara Church for being named Miss Yellowtail Derby 2016. Okay, hey, that's it for the announcements. Oh, wait a minute, it isn't. Boy, Aunt oh, Catherine Miller would be upset with me. Day at the Docks is going to be April the 17th. It's at the uh, Fishing Landings along Scott Street. That's uh, Fisherman's Landing, Point Loma, H&M, Lee Palms. It's a great free event Sunday, April the 17th, between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. Wendy and I are going to be the MCs for that event. So make plans to come on down and have a fun time. There's exhibits, there's rides, there's exhibitions, there's seminars. Everything that you might need to have a fun time here in San Diego. We'll have more information about that. But set this date aside on your calendar, April 17th. All right. That's it for the announcements for now. Ben has gotten together the interviews for, for us. So Ben, if you will, take it away and we'll be talking to you at the end of the show. Wendy, all kinds of people here that have been good friends with us for a long time. but. A lot of them are starting in some really exciting new ventures, and we have to stumble across one of these guys. you want to introduce them to our audience?
3: I sure do. It's uh, Bill Boyce. You know, a lot of people who come into the Fred Hall Show, they look for Bill, and they look for his pictures and photos and stuff, but he's got a new venture. And Bill, what is your new adventure?
4: Well, actually, this has been we've been working on this for two years now. We just kept a real hush-hush in the industry, right? It's called the Dollar Fishing Club. Fashioned very much after the Dollar Shave Club, right? But we're not giving razor blades away. We're giving extremely good discounts on travel guide services, tackle, coolers, apparel, all kinds of great stuff that any angler uses, freshwater or salt. And we've got two uh, online app partners: Fishity for our freshwater people, Pro Angler for our saltwater. So we've got apps, we've got chances of winning um, trips to be on our big 160-foot mothership called the Pacific Provider, which will be based down in Cabo, down in East Cape, and up in La Paz all summer long, and people winning these monthly trips, we fly them, all expenses paid with a friend, four people a month win, eight people a month come down, and we film them on a reality-based TV show that will be producing and airing on NBC Sport and Pursuit in 2017.
3: Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. For a buck, oh,
4: <laughs> hold on. This,
2: this is almost too much to comprehend <laughs> here. It's almost what? overload.
4: How, how, can, how can you offer such a deal, Bill? This it's is just... all about numbers. Okay. Right? I mean, this was a boat that historically just dealt with um, very well to do people with big marlin boats. So you're always looking for 30 multimillionaires with their boats. Now we're just looking for, you know, a couple hundred thousand people with a dollar in their pocket.
2: Wow. Sounds good. Okay, let's talk about it. You're flying down to Cabo San Lucas.
4: What happens when you get to the airport? When you get down to Cabo San Lucas, we would pick you up. We've got some taxi services there. Bring you to where the boat is at. And we'll have five center console boats on that boat. We have a crane that can pick out 12 tons. The crane on that boat can pick up a 33-foot you know sport fisher and put it on davits on the back of the boat you know, cradles so the capacity of this boat is unbelievable and we have 17 crew we could hold we only we only sailed about six crew but we've got accommodations for 12 and the accommodations are nothing short of a, of a hilton you know i mean it's wow. a beautiful boat inside two bars one inside one outside we have a tv production facility on the boat air-conditioned uh container uh you know container container ship we have a sound room on it. All our edit bays are on it. This is literally a TV production floating hotel. Okay,
2: now a lot of people are not familiar with the concept of a mothership. Yes. Tell us what that's all about. Yeah, a
4: mothership is typically a large vessel that can accommodate a lot of people, a lot of fuel, and it normally has the ability to go to a lot of faraway, fishy areas and have sport fishing boats associated with it, so you live on the mothership, but you fish on the sport fishing boats. Wow.
3: So how does it work? How does somebody become a member?
4: Easy. Go to dollarfishingclub.com. we got five different levels. A dollar a month, obviously, 12 bucks a year. And then if you want more swag, you know, T-shirts and hats and mouse pads, and a year in those on those uh, apps, Fishity and Pro Angler, then that's $5 a month. And then we have a $10 a month where you get all kinds of extra swag and more points. Because once you get on the website... You can actually like our sponsors. So any of our sponsors get a lot of exposure because people go to their go to their sites and they, their ability to like them, just like on Facebook.
3: So you earn points by clicking on your sponsors.
4: Yes, and you earn points by watching videos. Or you earn points by submitting photography or your own videos. Or you earn points by, by uh, referring your friends and they sign up. So there's a whole point system and then you can go to our point store and you can buy stuff for free with your points.
2: Now, are these uh, trips on the mothership, are they uh, uh, so many a, dura- a day's duration, or can the people pick out how long they want to do it, and you put together a group like that?
4: How does that work? Typically a week. So it's a, a day to get on the boat and a day to get your back. So it's usually five days on the boat fishing. And like I said, this is going to be so much fun because we're going to do a reality-based television show. Oh. It's not going to be a lot of tr- contrived controversy like a lot of these other you know shows where they, they get these contestants to fight with each other. When we get eight people that love to fish, some might be from the middle of America, right? They've never caught a saltwater fish in their lives, and they get out there on the boat, they catch their first marlin, and you got that on television, and then you come back to the boat, and everybody's having a beer at the end of the day and talking about their day, you know, talking about the sponsor's gear they got used that day. I mean, this is going to be such great, compelling television.
2: Now, everyone's familiar with Cabo San Lucas. Of course. where, Where do you go? Do you go to the East Cape? Do you go up the Pacific Coast? Do you just go, you know, out to sea, or, or where do you go?
4: That's an excellent question. We're going to start, the boat right now is in San Diego. It's right okay. behind the Konakai Club. We'll be leaving in early May, and we'll actually be doing two television shows on this. One, the series I'm actually uh, producing and hosting right now called Destination Baja Sur, which is on NBC Sport and Pursuit Channel and World Fishing Network. We're going to do season two on that show primarily from this vessel, and then we're done filming that. We'll start bringing our contestants that have won these trips down in August, September, and uh, November. uh, uh, August, September, October, and early November. So we'll be up in the Sea of Cortez and around the Pacific side, Mag Bay, Asuncion, up as far as Cedros. So wow. we'll be all over Bahasur in this beautiful mothership living like the gods we are. <laughs> and you can do to be? It's really funny because people have been asking me all week, God, really? I mean, like a dollar? A dollar a month? I go, well, wait a minute. If that's too much to comprehend, just think of this. Twenty aluminum cans.
3: So now, if somebody wanted to see this boat, I know you have something in the works with CCA California. Um, What's coming up?
4: Okay, well, we're going to do a CCA because we're really excited to get involved with them. We love their message. We love what they do. What we want to do with CCA is um, have a, basically a fundraiser. And it'll be, we're going to be doing it the night before the day of the dock show. So the 16th of April, we're going to have a lobster feed. It'd probably be like $50 a plate, but it's going to benefit CCA, and there's going to be all kinds of beer, wines, spirits, and, you know, great food, obviously. And
3: great company, but not only that, you can check out the mothership.
4: Yes, you can definitely check out the mothership. It'll be your way of touring the mothership and, um, and being able to see what this club's all about. Because when you see it on the video, it's impressive. But when you see it in true life and you're standing on that boat, It is mind-bending.
2: Right. Hey, Wendy and I, we're speaking with Bill Boyce from the Dollar Fishing Club. Bill, you know, this is a lot to comprehend, and a lot of people probably weren't writing everything down. Where can people go again to find out about the service, to view some of the things that we've talked about, and and then to get a hold of you finally?
4: No problem. Again, dollarfishingclub.com, and there's tours of the boat, visual, vertical tours of the boat, uh, video you know video kind of uh, explanations of what the of what the, the club's all about and just start surfing the website it is a really impressive website like i said this is two years in the making and we hired a, a group out of san diego that does really big corporate type uh, web web designs and uh, so it was a very techie site obviously when people are getting points and, right. and all this other stuff so we've got our web our web partners are phenomenally talented the website is just, uh, it's a beautiful site, easy to navigate, and again, you get points for almost everything you do in activity.
2: Wendy you Bill, you know, this sounds like a, an excellent thing for people to do that aren't familiar with going down to the East Cape or Cabo San Lucas and go, man, I'd really like to go down there, but is it safe, and who's going to meet me, and how do I know what to do, and... Who's, you know, people are there to take advantage of me. I don't want that to happen. Or I want to bring the family down there, make sure we're going to be safe. There's going to be a lot of activities. This answers all all the questions.
4: All of that. Well, another thing, I my, again, my TV series now is a destination Baja Sur TV. Um, it airs five times a week. Right now to about 128 million homes. And the whole message of that series is to show people how safe it actually is to be in Baja. We towed my boat. I have a 25-foot center console. Suzuki put a nice, beautiful outboard on a big 300 on it. And we towed that from Los Angeles all the way to Cabo, fished all the way along the way. And we showed people, wow, here's a truck with a lot of equipment on it up and down the Baja. We never had an issue. And the really, really cool thing about this is we want to bring kids into fishing. And our two apps... ProAngler.us and Fishity.com are both apps that make you a better fisherman just by seeing the information that they have. Charts, maps, water temperature regimes. As you start to use these apps, you will become a better fisherman. So we're really aiming this this website also to get youth involved. Because let's face it, youth always have a phone in their hands. And wouldn't you as a parent rather have your kid looking at fishing stuff on his phone than some of the social media crap they can get into? (laughs) I mean, if you knew your kid was Actually, learning to be a better fisherman by just using the apps and the, and the information they can get on DollarFishingClub.com. Not only it's a win-win,
2: but getting aboard with the uh, uh, the Dollar Fishing Club, people come on down there. They're going to get the opportunity to do things that they never even realized yep. existed down yes. there. Yep. They're going to be in a safe environment where the food is great, the water is great. They're going to have good fishing. I'm surprised. You probably, if they want to go somewhere and go snorkeling or something like that, you can probably take them to do that or whatever.
4: Oh, oh, absolutely. But above and beyond all that, besides us doing it, here's the cool thing, John. When you go to East Cape, you get 10% off on all the hotels. (laughs) Homeus, Buena Vista, and Rancho are all our, what we call our Fab 52 members. We have 52 resorts around the world that are offering our members 10% discount. So when you go to Baja, you just paid $12 for a membership and saved $100, $200 on your trip. That's almost your airfare going down there.
2: Now, Wendy, my head's spinning on this <laughs> thing there. It's just, There's it's just crazy. so much to do because when you go down to Baja, there's so much to do. You know, Big Tuna Bill, yep. he loved going down there. And yep. he had his own, you know... Uh, company about going down there but this way you've got someone in the business as soon as you sign up to the fishing and boy what a better way when it comes to vacation time to to spend your dollars there's a lot of value here
4: tons and if you want to get a cooler Engel coolers the finest in the industry they're two inches thick their competitors are 1.6 inches
0: thick. <laughs> now,
4: if you have know anything about thermal dynamics, you know it's a pretty easy equation to come up with. But we have 15% discount on them. Uh, we've got 15% discount on Cousins rods, and that you order and they ship direct to you. Uh, we've got uh, 15% off on Kobe and sandals. Wow! So we've got all kinds of product sponsors jumping on almost daily now because we just started that end of it, and people are hearing about it. So as you keep going to the site, there's, there's products you'll save a lot of money on. Plus, if you have a boat or a kayak or even a stand-up paddleboard, we have marineandoutdoor.com. It's our partner from Florida. It's basically like a West Marine online, but 20% off. I don't care if it's a bilge pump, a boat fender, or boat electronics. 20% off.
2: Right. Wendy, the next time you suggest someone to be on Rod Reel Radio, can you get someone that's a little more enthusiastic <laughs> about what they're doing? You know, today? I'll
3: try. You know, what
2: can I say? <laughs> All right, Bill Boyce from Dollar Fishing Club. Bill, thanks a lot for taking the time. To John, be here. Wendy, a pleasure. Thank you, Bill. We look forward to taking advantage of the service ourselves. Right. It sounds like way too much fun. All right. Hey, Wendy and I, we are at the Fred Hall Experience. Hey, thanks for being with us, Bill Boyce. There's more to come. Stay tuned. All
1: right.
0: Now.
5: Adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com.
6: 2015 and 16, quantum fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your baitcasters, the PTA design has new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag, quantum fishing. We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. This
2: segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information.
1: It's a big deal. You know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. (laughs) I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. i fulfilled my dream.
0: (laughs) That is just absolutely awesome. Hey, we're
2: continuing with our interviews uh, at the Fred Hall Show, and we've run into two guys. You know, when you talk about swim baits, There's no other name that you think of but Butch Brown, and we also have with us Jackson Palachek, and a lot of you know Jackson Palachek by the name Action Jackson. Jackson, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Thank you. All right, and Butch, welcome too. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. All right, hey, it's really great. Tell us a little bit about, you know, when you first started fishing swim baits and just how that has evolved into what we're seeing today. Well, when I first started fishing uh, swim
7: baits, I used to work in a tackle shop. When the first Worm King Dinosaurs came in, all right, yeah, and we got a hold of a couple of those and found out that they actually ate them, and we were pretty excited about it. Or actually, me, and never looked back from then. Just uh, I love throwing swim baits because they attract big bass, and I like catching big bass, and it's it's evolved into lures that are incredibly painted designed and swimming it's uh it's really evolved a lot and there's still more room for it to uh be improved
2: what do you think was one of the biggest breakthroughs in swim baits that you saw in its transition the biggest breakthrough were probably the rubber
7: baits like uh the optimum the osprey they caught a lot of fish and and then shortly after that uh, kenny huddleston came out with the the huddleston with that tail that uh, had the paint, you know, and had the subtle action of a trout and and I used to pour my own baits, but once I got
2: that one I never looked back. I never had to start pouring, till recently. Alright, and Jackson, you throw uh, swim baits, you're, you're a small guy, mm-hmm. I know you have a little more room to grow in, but as being a, a small in stature, what's your technique in throwing swim baits?
8: I'm just chuck and wind and i mean make forecasts and my favorite type of swim bait is a glide bait
2: okay and why is that
8: i just think you get more more attention to the fish i mean in reality you're probably going to catch bigger fish on a soft bait but i just like the action that i get on a glide bait
2: and tell us about the action on a glide bait there's some people out there that don't know what a glide bait is what it does can you kind of describe that real quickly for us?
8: Yeah, it's pretty much just like an S, an S moving motion where the bait just goes from side to side. And a good example of one of those baits is a depth slide swimmer, 250. Okay. And that's my favorite bait.
2: Okay. And what kind of gear are you throwing that bait on? How much does that bait weigh? And what's the rod and reel type that you're fishing uh,
8: with? That? I... Th- I have a custom wrap rod by David Conway. Okay, yeah. And I have a Curado 300. Okay. And I throw that on 20 pound test fluorocarbon. And the slide swimmer weighs, What is does that weigh again, Butch?
7: About six and a half ounces.
8: Six and a half ounces. So, I mean, that's my basic setup for it.
2: Now, when you throw that swim bait, do you have the drag cranked all the way down or do you leave some drag on it?
8: I crank it pretty much all the way down. After what I've learned from Butch, I mean, I just use my my bail. I just back it off that way.
2: Now, tell us, what is the most successful catch that you've ever had on a swim bait?
8: Um, my biggest one on a swim bait—it's not very, just under eight pounds. But I haven't been throwing them for a whole long, like a really long time. But it, I've definitely. I've definitely liked it.
2: Right, Butch. When you see guys here like uh, Jackson coming into the industry like that, you know you've got to be really proud of the fact that you've paved the way a lot in in using swim baits and teaching people how to use it. it it's got to be very satisfying. It,
7: it is very satisfying, and it's pretty much what it's all about. to To see him go in the direction that he's at is uh, I can't tell you how wonderful it feels for me to see that. It's uh, very nice. Now, are
2: you throwing swim baits all the time you're fishing? Or is there a certain time of the day or a certain type of weather that you like to throw them in other than other times? Or do you always think fish will eat a swim bait? Um, I... I fish it
7: all the time, but there's times where I believe I have the best chances for the double digits. And and I really don't care if it's a sunny day or I don't care if it's a cloudy day. A cloudy day is a given. Usually we catch big fish on those days. But the, the sunny days, um, the biggest part for me is the moon. If I see the moon visible in the daytime, I know my bite is either going to be after it goes down or before it comes up. If I see it during the day, then I'm really not that interested. And and I've documented it for almost 30 years. When I catch big bass, giant bass, that moon is
2: not visible. Okay, is is fishing swim baits? Is it seasonal? Because most people that start getting into swim baits, they go, "Oh, stock planting, stock uh, uh, trout plantings, you know, you know, trout patterns." But that's not normally you know a, a set in concrete that you got to be fishing at No, I,
7: I fish it all year long and it's just like anything else there's a swim bait made for whatever bite is going on
2: Okay, and how about clarity of water? Does clarity of water make a difference? Um... Not really, but you have
7: to choose the right bait. So if you have the the murky water like we have at some of our lakes like Paris and stuff, I like to use the thumper tail type baits like the Optimums and stuff that I've been showing people on video that, sure. that have been working well for me. If it was clearer, then I'd probably be using the HUD. And then as the water warms up, then I'll be in with the slide swimmer um, throughout the summer months because that's, that's the one that gets bit in the hot days.
2: We started with Jackson telling us a little bit about the features of the depth saw slide swimmer. Tell us, so, give us a little more detail on what makes that bait so unique to other baits that are out there in the market right now. Well,
7: it just has that drawing power. It, uh, it swims like a real fish you know it swims really good it has uh, a glide to it you can use the um you can use your reel uh handle and just give it a little half a turn and you can get the bait to swing around you can get it to you can work it under a dock if you want keep it going right you keep it going left it's a it's a quite a tool and the the depths is has a translucent-type body, and it blends in really good with the environment. It's not like a solid-painted kind of a bait, you know, similar to our plastics that we have, the hand pours. You know, they, they get bit really, really good. Um, okay. I think if you're going to paint a bait, it has to be, you know, like a high-end kind of finish, like they have on the Huddlestons and some of the baits I've seen.
2: We're speaking with Butch Brown from uh, Depths Product and also Jackson Palachek, You all know him as Axon Jackson. Jackson. But uh, Jackson told us the rod and the reel setup that he likes to fish with. What's ideal with you with regards to rod and reel and pound test line? Seaguar fluorocarbon, floral a Braze X 20-pound,
7: is the highest uh, pound test I've ever used for bass. I don't, don't change. I, my program is set because uh, I've been so successful with it. Um, any heavy rod nowadays is, uh, all the makers are making really nice heavy swim bait rods. Eight foot is the preferred length. Um, I happen to use the Shimano Calcutta 400B because um, I'm a little old school. And uh, it, uh, like I said, it, it's, why should I change
2: if I've had so much success?
7: It just doesn't,
2: uh, you know, why? Is there any reason to use Spectra? on the swim bait or not use spectra on uh, your swim baits
7: um i don't use any spectra at all if i'm going to calico fish or something in the kelp or frog fish or throw a buzz bait i might might use that or obviously for tuna but i wind it you know i i pull my spool down about halfway and just tie a knot and and wind on uh, my Abrazex, and off I go. And it'll last me a couple of weeks. So if you weigh it out between that and mono, mono you almost have to change every day. Uh, And you do, because it stretches on the heavy baits when you cast them. But the Abrazex, uh, I can go two weeks, and it might
2: cost a little bit more, but in the long run, I think it's equal. Mm. Jackson, when... When you take a swim bait and you take it out of the package, do you just start throwing it, or is there some way that you tweak it a little bit and give it that your extra stink, so to speak, that you can make that bait work the way you want it to?
8: Um, not really. I mean, I might change the hooks if I think they're too big, but... Pretty much. I mean, most of the swim baits, like the slide swimmer and stuff, they come prepared to be fished right out of the box. I mean, so, not really.
2: All right. And do you put any extra rigging or anything like that on any of your swim baits, like stinger hooks, especially when you're using plastic baits?
8: Yeah. When I use the HUD or the Baitsmith Magnum, I, I have a stinger hook on it, which I think that's crucial. I, I lose a lot of fish without that.
2: Okay. Now... I've been told, too, that you're coming out with your own line of T-shirts. Tell us about that.
8: I am. uh, We just had these custom Action Jackson Fishing T-shirts made, and we're going to be selling them for $15 in person and $20 online. And it's for a good cause because every single month we're going to take a portion of the proceeds and donate it to uh, Kids Fishing. Like this month we're going to donate a portion of the proceeds to the TBF Junior Bass Anglers Club and so every single month that we earn money we're going we're going to take some of it and donate to Kids Fishing.
2: Okay. And when you're not fishing a swim bait, what's one of your favorite techniques of fishing? Frog. You like fishing a frog. So you still like to stay on the top water, huh?
8: Yep. Frog Frog is just an excite it's exciting. Oh, I haven't.
2: Now, just just as a reference, tell us how many tournaments do you think that you have fished? since you started fishing and and how many first place finishes do you have
8: the amount of tournaments i have fished i don't really know we fish about 30 tournaments a year
2: and you've been fishing for how long
8: i've been fishing since i was four and i've been fishing tournaments since i was six
2: wow and pardon me for asking but you're not a lady but i'll ask you anyway how old are you now 12. So you've been you've been fishing for a good six years with your dad and everything like that?
8: Yeah, my dad is my tournament partner. And
2: you've had some first place finishes in tournaments? I have. Yeah, and what's your favorite place to fish?
8: My favorite place to fish is Havasu.
2: Oh, you like, and why do you like Havasu?
8: It's big, you, it's, you always can fish in, in a new area, you learn different techniques, there's multiple species of bass, it's just a fun lake.
2: All right. And tell us about swim baits and frogs. Do the smallmouth that have a suit bite that as well as the largemouth, or are you going after the largemouth? Because if you're looking for a big bag, that's where you're going to get the weight.
8: The smallmouth will attack the swim bait just as much as the largemouth will. I mean, you're not going to get as big of smallmouth because largemouth are just, they're bigger than smallmouth, they grow bigger than smallmouth, but it's fun. They both eat it.
2: All right, and going back here to Butch Butch if you have one favorite lake that you were destined to fish for the rest of your life where might that be Probably Clear Lake <laughs> I love Clear Lake And why is that
7: sir It's just a beautiful fishery with the old docks and it looks sort of like a place that I grew up I grew up at Lake Sherwood back in the 60s and 70s and and it's just unique and it has a great fishery and when I got done there fishing the first time, I tried to get my wife to have me sell the house and move up there, and we had to let the kids graduate from school first and then discuss it. But uh, beautiful, beautiful. And lake. rumor
2: has it there might be some big fish there.
7: Yeah, I think uh, there's some big ones, but it seems like they max out around 12 pounds. You know what you see most of the anglers catching. You know because they don't have the trout, but I'm sure all the lakes have a lot bigger fish than we see i know they do
2: everyone has a different reason why that lake is so prolific do you have a a feeling why the the fishing is so good and why there are consistently more larger fish coming out of that uh, that i think
7: it's the food chain there they have the crappie the bluegill they have lots and lots of hitch and they don't have stripers Uh so they can live like a normal fish and go anywhere they want it seems like the lakes that have the stripers Uh, I don't get those fish offshore on high spots you know they they know that that's that's danger they seem to hang on the cliffs and stuff so well
2: you know on YouTube Butch I've seen a lot of pictures of you fishing and everything like that but tell you what what was your most successful five fish limit on fishing swim baits most successful is about 65 plus
7: pounds Uh, I've had I can't tell you how many five fish limits in the 50 pound but there's probably at least 15 or 20 of those but the the 65 pound limit was the the biggest and uh i've had chances to to up that but uh when you lose fish next to the boat and stuff it's, it's just and can you tell us what news. lake that was on was that, that a lake? would have been castaic after bay oh my gosh that now, was my home lake for many many years now
2: you do a lot of fishing you do a lot of tweaking i know you're always looking at how we can make this bait better is there something down the road coming from depths or coming from butch Brown? when it comes to swim baits that we can look forward to? There is coming from
7: a uh, bait coming from Optimum. It's uh, a reversion of an old bait that was made, except I redesigned the harness inside and changed the way that it swims. and then also changed the coloring of it to look more uh, natural. And it's a beautiful bait. I've been throwing it in the tank. I've, I've done a couple other interviews with it, and it's, it's working really good for me at Castaic. And uh, they're going to get that in the works. It's, uh, it's, it'll pro- As soon as it swims the way I want it to swim, then it'll be released. But I, it's still a few months away from,
2: from that. But it's a beautiful, beautiful bait. Well, Butch Brown, Action Jackson, Jackson Polachek, thanks for being with us. And where are you going to be fishing next?
8: Uh, thank you for having me. And I think the next place we're going to be fishing is uh, Hodges, because we have a tournament coming up this weekend.
2: Okay, and I know even at your young age, you've got some great people sponsoring you. Who I are do. some of your sponsors?
8: Optimum Baits, the whole family at like Depths, uh, Rains, Double A Worms, all those guys over there, 13 Fishing, Dedicated 10, All my sponsors have helped me out with my fishing career, and I just want to thank them for that.
2: All right. And Butch Brown, thanks a lot for being with us. We look forward to seeing those new baits and look forward to seeing you here at the shows. And thanks a lot for really educating us on how to fish swim baits because you've progressed this particular technique of fishing way along. And actually, your actions have spoken louder than words because... You practice what you preach out there. I practice what I preach, and I put it on film for everybody to see. That's the neat thing about it, the fact that you're willing to share the information, too. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate that. Thank you very much. All right. Hey, Butch Brown, Jackson Palachik, you're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. We're going to take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages.
5: Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality
0: guaranteed.
9: My Angler H2 Oath. I will scent my lure with pride. And hope my boss doesn't notice the tan. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed sunken boats. And outlast the hard-fighting largemouth bass. I will save water at home for better fishing out here. And always... Always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways
1: reminds you to wear it, California.
2: This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rocklease at your local fishing tackle dealer. Welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. You know, one of the things we're always talking about on Rod and Reel Radio, especially with Bill Friedman, is surf fishing. Well, Phil's a great surf fisherman, but we probably have one of the most preeminent surf fishermen in Southern California with us from fishthesurf.com. Mr. Bill Varney. Bill, thank welcome you. So, to the
10: show. Thank you. So great to be on the show. Really appreciate it.
2: Hey, you know, I got to tell you, um, I remember in the early days, in the 50s, when my dad would come down to San Diego from Los Angeles. You'd go uh, past uh, Cardiff and and you'd see the beach and there were all these lanterns lit on up and all these people were uh, in the evening surf fishing. And I thought, man, that sounds really romantic. But surf fishing has really evolved since then.
10: Give us a little bit of the background on how you got hooked. All right, well, you know, you're right. It has really changed dramatically over the last, let's say about four decades or so. When I was a kid in the 60s, we used to fish with a 12 to 14 foot Calcutta. Right. We'd line it up with probably 40 pound test on a jig master. We'd cast out a four ounce sinker. We'd stick it in the, in the sand spike. We'd sit back on our ice chest and we'd hope we'd catch something. And usually catch a big piece of kelp or something like that. So as time went on, we realized most of the fish in the surf are very close to shore probably closer than 100 feet to shore, and most of the fish in the surf are about the size of fish you'd find in a lake, anywhere from maybe about 8 ounces to maybe about 10 or 12 pounds. So if I was to fish in a lake, I'd never use 40-pound test. I'd never use a 14-foot rod. I'd use much smaller equipment. So probably starting around about 1975, we started downsizing our equipment to try to match it with a surf and what we found over those years is by using equipment, like if you looked in your garage for your new surf fishing rod, I'd look for my longest trout rod, somewhere between seven and nine foot. i put a spinning reel on there with six pound test. I'd fish the Carolina rig with maybe a half ounce, three quarter ounce sinker. And that's the type of equipment we use today. We catch much more fish today than we used to in the past based on that old equipment and have a lot more fun catching them.
2: Oh, for sure. And Tell us, what are some of the species, especially here in Southern California? Because a lot of people are used to going out on the half-day boats or
10: the three-quarter-day boats, and we're talking about targeting a different type of a fish here. Absolutely. A lot of the species that you find around the beach will be corbina, which, of course, corbina are the big catch for most people. A lot of people target the corbina and look for them. But besides that, you have spot fin croaker, yellowfin croaker, several varieties of perch, a barred surf perch uh calico surf perch buttermouth surf perch walleye surf perch you have all those fish you have all the varieties of sharks halibut fishing's very good at the beach um we've got bonita off the surf and of course when you go south into mexico you can look for white sea bass yellowtail grouper sierra just about everything dorado the only thing i haven't seen caught in the surf in mexico is oahu and i'm sure that's coming up <laughs>
2: <laughs> now tell me uh uh For the lures, let's start off with artificial. Uh, If people like throwing artificial lures, what are some of the lures you suggest
10: that can work really well? Well, artificial lures in the surf have been used forever, really. I mean, live bait and artificial lures, you can use both of those interchangeably. Artificial lure-wise, we went back to the 30s when my dad fished in in Hermosa Beach. They were using crocodiles and spoons back in those days that are very effective and really are still effective. But about 15 years ago... Uh, rapala or rapala and the uh, x-rap model and also the lucky craft become very very popular for fishing for halibut in the surf so we see a lot of folks throwing those those type of lures in the surf so you could use anything that you're going to use in a lake you can really use in the surf you can use crocodiles cast masters lucky crafts rapalas infinity baits all those different baits and i normally am looking for a spoon that's in the I'd say about half ounce, five-eighths ounce, all the way up to one ounce the farther south I go. And then as far as these Lucky Craft type of lures or the Rapala, you're looking for about 120 to 140 millimeter bait, which is going to weigh about five-eighths of an ounce to one ounce.
2: You know, uh, it also has changed, I think, with the zone that people are fishing in. When you were talking about, you know, in the 50s and 60s, you'd have the the big triangle weights and people would try and hit Catalina Island from the shoreline. (laughs) And now I think what it's evolved to, most of the people realize that the fish are in the whitewater. They're from where the waves break all the way up to the shoreline. As a matter of fact, it isn't unusual to be fishing in the surf that maybe only comes up to your ankles or your knees and to have the fish actually bump you in the legs legs, as they're going after the sand crabs in the beds, let's say, for instance.
10: Well, that's absolutely true. You know probably one of the largest spot fin croaker I've ever caught in the surf, 11 pounds, was in about six inches of water. So the fish are very close in. If you go diving and put a mask on and go outside the surf line where the water is very clear, the only thing you're really going to find out there are sharks. And the reason for that, or or maybe a big white sea bass, is that any fish that is out in that area that's a surf fish is going to be forage or food for those fish. So they not only hide in that inner area where the water is churned up and they have a place to hide, but of course that's where the bottom is being churned up where crabs and clams and worms are coming to the surface and they can feed on. So most of the fish are within the surf line, and I would say the predominant number are 60 to 80 feet from shore.
2: Right. Now, we've
10: talked a little bit about artificial lures. Let's talk about natural bait that you can use for surf fishing. Sure, there's many natural baits to use. You can either buy them at a tackle shop or you can uh, dig them up yourself at the beach or in bays. There's ghost shrimp, there's lugworms, there's bloodworms, there are sand crabs, mussel, clams. There's a lot of different things. The first thing to remember about live baits to use in the surf is look for what it occurs in the area where you are fishing. If you are by some rocks and they're covered with uh, mussel, or they have sidewinder crabs on the rocks, or there's sand crabs up against those rocks. That's what the fish are going to be feeding on in that area. So the first thing you want to do when you go to the beach is look in the sand and see what occurs naturally in the area that you're fishing. But you can collect the the sand crabs. You can certainly collect the mussel, take those back to the beach and fish those. You can go to the different tackle shops and pick up things like lugworms that work very, very well all year long for surf fishing.
2: All right. Yeah, uh, We are at the uh, Del Mar Show. That's where we happen to run into you. I noticed you got a special going on lugworms. Why
10: are lugworms really a a bait du jour when it comes to surf fishing? Lugworms are a great bait to use in the surf. One thing about these new lugworms we have is... They live three to four weeks now. We have a process to keep them alive a longer period of time so you can take them home and use them over a couple of weekends. But besides that fact, we used to always use bloodworms, and unfortunately the cost of bloodworms got very expensive, up to over $30 a dozen. Yes. So, so I joke that's like putting a $5 bill on your hook and casting <laughs> it out. <laughs> so that wouldn't just, hurt a bass fisherman, believe That's, me that's right. Yeah, and I've seen some lures over $1,000, <laughs> oh, so yeah. maybe that's not such a bad thing. But the one thing about the lugworms is they're very easy to keep alive. They're easy to use or easy to hook. If you if you go to my website, fishthesurf.com, you'll find a video there on how to hook worms, no matter what type they are. But the lugworms have come in very handy. They're very reasonable. And here at the show, actually, the the uh, grower of the lugworms has actually given us 300 cartons of 18 lugworms to give away for free. Oh, so everybody nice. who comes to the show and stops by our booth, we're in the main building. Our our booth number is 725 or right near Cousins uh, Tackle. You'll be able to pick up a, a box of those uh, lugworms and use them yourself for free or ask your dealer for them and if they don't Absolutely. have them they're easy to get they certainly are and they can contact the guy who manufactures. we're
2: speaking with bill varney from uh, uh fish the bill just a couple of other quick questions let's talk about tides when it comes to surf fishing incoming uh high ebb tide in the
10: middle or anytime you can go fishing every everybody asks me that question now the first answer of course is anytime you can go fishing you know Being a good fisherman is all about time on the water. So regardless of the tide, get out there and go fishing. The rule for surf fishing is if you're on a dredged beach, so you're on a beach like Hermosa, Manhattan, Redondo, uh, Mission Beach, Pacific Beach, beaches where they've dredged the sand and increased the size of the beach, normally two hours before high tide to two hours after high tide. If you're fishing on a non-dredged beach, so Carlsbad, San Alejo, Uh, Malibu, up towards Santa Barbara, around the Palos Verdes Peninsula, any of those places both high tide and low tide work great for fishing. The exception to that is halibut fishing. Halibut feed predominantly on a slack tide period so you want to fish about an hour before high to an hour after high and an hour before low to an hour after low when you have a slack tide and very little water is moving.
2: How about times of the year? Fall, spring, or what? Or again, anytime you can get out there.
10: You know, surf fishing is good all year long. D- different times of year, you have different periods of time for fish. So, corbina are most prevalent, let's say from May 1st to October 1st. But all year long is a really good time to surf fish. The only di- uh, change i'd say to that or adjustment you'd make to that is in the summertime when you have a lot of people on the sand i'll normally fish which i call the people factor i'll normally fish in the morning and the evening when there's less people on the sand do the uh,
2: are the fish uh, do they relate to the tide at all i mean if we're fishing in the bays we try and get a good moving tide but when it comes to surf fishing is
10: tide that important or again is it just a matter of where you put the lure Tide, tide is important for surf fishing. I think it's probably the most important thing. And when you're fishing, and once again, on a dredged beach or at that higher tide, because you have more structure covered at that point, at an undredged beach, a lower tide. But I'm usually, if I'm Corbina fishing, I will fish an hour after low tide, regardless of the beach I'm on, on an upcoming high tide. So each successive wave that comes up the beach Is pushing the corbina farther, farther, farther and farther up onto the sand looking for food. If I'm fishing for perch, I'm normally fishing after the peak high tide toward a down, a low tide as the water is coming off the beach and pulling fish right, or excuse me, pulling bait right into the trough where the fish are.
2: All right. Well, Bill Barney, if people want to get a hold of you, get a you know, find out more about what you're into, what you're doing, and everything like that. How's the best way to go about doing it? A
10: great way for everybody to go is go to my website, fishthesurf.com, F-I-S-H-T-H-E-S-U-R-F.com. You can also go to our forum, which is SoCalSurfRats.com, and people post surf fish reports there every single day. You can see what's going on on the beach right there. And
2: just one last question, when it comes to eating cuisine, a lot of people are somewhat hesitant about what comes out of the ocean right now, pollution, mercury, and everything like that. How about
10: when it comes to surf fishing? Uh, same uh, caution there? I would certainly have the same caution there. I, I would say that you could get eat fish from any place where you can catch them as long as you eat them in moderation. But where you go to areas, let's say below San Clemente, down towards San Diego, above Malibu, up Uh, Santa Barbara and above. You have very clean water up there. You can eat all the fish. They're very very good fish. Corbina, Spotfin, and Yellowfin Kroger have a very white meat to them. Perch have a a softer meat to them but are very very delicious too.
2: Well Bill Varney from uh, fishthesurf.com thank you for being with us on Rondeau Radio. What a great education we got on surf fishing here and appreciate you take the time especially with as busy as you are right now To talk with us. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Come down to the show and see me here. All right, more to come on Rod and Reel Radio. Stay tuned. And we are now with Phil Friedman, the voice from Phil Friedman Outdoors, and. Phil, I understand you've got a new name besides the voice. You are now known as the Catfish King.
11: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We had a really good time just the other day over there. Dave Dodge called me up, and we went catfishing in the afternoon at Miles Square Park and had a ball. And we really had a ball because the family next to us, it was a really lovely family, and the, the mother came over and says, my kids have never caught a catfish. We'd love to do it. So we hooked them up, put a video up, and I owe that all to my friend Dave Dodge who made that happen. It was a really great day.
2: Well, you know, just to show how good the fishing was, our good friend Sergio from Angler's Chronicle, they had just put on a big event that same day at the lake. How many kids did they uh, have there?
11: 700. So they took care of 700 kids, and it was a a great time for all the kids there. And then when we got there, um, there were some (laughs) leftover folks, I think, or people that arrived (laughs) late, and so we were able to have some fun with them. But yeah, hats off to them for doing such a great job with all the kids. And I know the Department of Fish and Wildlife was involved and several other great folks. Uh, Team Fish 57 i believe all deserve some thanks
2: just to show you how good the fishing was even after that event even someone like you was able to go over there and catch a catfish. Uh, that's
11: what i was gonna say i thought you were gonna say after the event forget that (laughs) i caught some so you know how wide open it had to have been
2: oh man hey Tell us uh, just briefly, uh, what are you hearing, uh, what's happening out there right now?
11: You know, there's all kinds of good stuff. You know, first, I guess the the main fish that we're looking at is yellowtail. From Cedros up to the Channel Islands yesterday or a couple days ago, Um, the Mirage out of Channel Island Sport Fishing, 61 yellowtail, 10 to 15 pounders, a few bigger than that. The Thunderbird was catching yellows at San Clemente Island. The Pursuit out of 22nd Street catching yellows at Catalina Island. So they are all over the place. And down at the Coronado Islands, there's been some really good hits here. The Malahini had some hits. Some guys are going down to the Finger Bank. Some guys are fishing the Coronado Islands themselves but yellow that is the name of the game right now john it's been excellent and of course rockfish season is open so that has been plentiful and great from the channel islands down past the mexican border just really great fishing going on right now
2: right you know and i just heard uh our good friend captain chuck taff from sea adventure sports fishing he's sending pat doherty and the sea adventure 2
11: to pierpoint landing and they're going to be working out of there till about june Boy, what a great boat that's going to be to go on. Oh, my God, bringing the San Diego operation up there to Pierpoint, and that's going to be a lot of fun, and they have so many different venues they can fish. They've got San Nicholas if they want to go out there and catch lings and shallow water rockfish. Santa Barbara Island at time is loaded with yellowtail. You've got Catalina, Clemente, just great venues, and they'll have a lot of fun, and I'm sure they're going to catch a lot of fish up there.
2: You know, I was just talking to Bill Varney, and he's got the the surf fishing thing, and I said, you know, you, you ever run to this guy named Phil Freeman? He thinks he's surf fisherman he goes Phil Friedman man he is out there every day I get my information
11: from Phil uh, that's <laughs> let me tell you Bill Varney is not only the the greatest at surf fishing but he just so happens to be a really good guy and Bill and I also have another dynamic between us John he's a big SC guy and you know I'm a big Notre <laughs> Dame guy so we're always going back and forth with that and having a lot of fun and he's made me believe that USC fans are okay because he's really a great guy
2: you know Phil, I've got to uh, really thank you, too. You've been to the two Fred Hall shows, the one up in Long Beach, one in San Diego, and you've given out a lot of great information. But in your booth, too, you've also allowed... The young kids, the younger fishermen to come up, and and you've given them an activity to do, and has that ever worked out well?
11: John, and hats off to Joaquin Espinosa, who's part of our business and an integral part. He's such a creative and great guy, and he came up with that idea, and it is going great guns. Coloring calico bass. Joaquin drew that sketch up and kids are able to come over and color and and share that with everybody and then we put it up on the internet you saw that how Joaquin put that up great. there yeah. great the kids love that and we're giving out prizes so it, it starts kids and a love for the sea and a love for fish at a really early age and it's been a big hit in fact I've even gone by your booth and seen some
2: adults <laughs> coloring
11: in there I swear to god yesterday we had a couple of gentlemen who were coloring away and having a great time so that's how to everybody who wants to and try it, and the kids that.
2: are still doing better. You know?
11: <laughs> and and we're continuing to raise money for our Veterans Day trip when we take the military. And thanks to you, Rod and Reel Radio, and Arsenal and Angler's Arsenal for your donation to help us raise more money. Uh, veterans Day is a very special day for us because we get to interact with the Marines and their kids, veterans and active servicemen. And Joe Patino just came down from Camp Pendleton. I met him on our last trip. Great kid, wonderful Marine, and one of those people that lay their lives on the line for our great country and 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 allow us to do things like fishing. And Phil that's a
2: good program because a lot of those veterans they're involved either they're at Camp Pelden or wherever they might be the hospital there uh, they're involved with the activities that you know they signed up to do and they don't necessarily think about going fishing or the fishing opportunities and you get the opportunity to take these guys on and expose them to an activity that man the looks on their faces and the great time that they have just getting away from all that stuff
11: absolutely i mean you know they got a lot on their minds trying to make a living and then some have been done several tours so they've got to deal with all of that and you're so right you know fishing gives them that little bit of a break from reality and i got to tell you the men and women that i have met from our armed forces john you couldn't be more proud to be a a part of the United States of America. When you see those kinds of guys and gals, they are really top-notch, they're wonderful people, and it's been an honor for me to get to know so many of them.
2: Well, Phil, like always, you're on top of what's happening out there. But if people want to contact you or they want to hear your reports or even listen to the, uh, the Spanish broadcast. Tell us where they can do to get this information. Thank
11: you so much, John. You can go to www.pforadio.com or pfomedia.com. And, uh, of course, our Spanish show, Aventuras a la de Libre, is on 7 p.m. on Friday nights and on Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. on AM 690. Go to Facebook, PFO, or Facebook, Aventuras a la de Libre.
2: All right. Hey, Phil, thanks a lot, as always, for being with us. Uh, you know, this is a recorded uh, show, but... We look forward to speaking to you in person in the
11: not-too-distant future on Rod and Reel Radio. Are you kidding, John? It is always such a pleasure to see you, my friend, and uh, I look forward to doing that again. And thanks to all the wonderful people that stopped by the Phil Freeman Outdoors booth at Del Mar and in Long Beach. It was really, really great to meet so many of you. And, John, I'll see you next Sunday again. Hey, you take care, Phil. Thanks a lot.
5: Long range adventures. Call today HM Landing 619 222 1144 or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. HM Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi day fishing since 1935. That's HM Landing at 619 222 1144 or hmlanding.com.
12: My Angler H2O. I will never use that
6: Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or Angler's in the Mesa at 619-466-8355.
2: Wendy and I are cruising around the Fred Hall Show, and we're running into a lot of friends. And Wendy, good friend of ours, and actually someone that a lot of people... Read what she's done, they ask her questions. They've never met her though, so why don't you introduce her to Arden?
3: One of my favorite people with the Department of Fish and Wildlife is Carrie Wilson, and you can always find her column in Western Outdoor News, but also, she, you're also doing question and answer uh, for the department too, right? Right,
13: yep. So,
3: welcome. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for joining us tonight. Oh,
13: thank you. I appreciate it.
3: Yeah.
2: Carrie, tell us a little bit about your background with, uh, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife.
13: Oh my goodness. I have a, I have a long background. Um, I started, I started my career riding commercial boats and, and sport fishing boats. I did that for about four years. Then I moved I up to, uh, Trinity County. South I worked South. on salmon and steelhead uh-huh. for about four years. And then I moved to Monterey and I worked back in sport fishing again. And, uh, I did that probably about the same, I don't know, three, four years. I moved to Sacramento for a while to work in headquarters. Now I'm back in Monterey. I've been there for quite a while, and uh, I work on a, on a lot of things. You know, that I do the question and answer column. Um, uh, I also run the fishing passport program, which which Wendy may not have told you, but she's one of our fishing ambassadors. Official, is she? Is she now? Official fishing ambassadors, because we thought that she was a great example of a person who's out there, and she and and she is is positively influencing and and encouraging more more people, especially women, to get into the sport.
3: Yeah, and you know. It, it was an honor. Um, Shauna Barton and I and Marlon Mead at the same time uh, received our Fishing Passport
13: Awards. It was, it was great. great. And our director came all the way down here to present it to you.
2: Well, Wendy, I can see why you and Carrie have been friends for such a long time, because you are two ladies that have a passion for the outdoors and this is fantastic mm-hmm.
13: that's right. yeah
3: not only a passion for the outdoors but on her Facebook page I noticed that she
13: is now an NRA instructor that's right I'm I'm an instructor I teach um pistol rifle shotgun and I'm also a range safety
2: um, officer. Well, a lot of people know you from the question and answer column that you do in Western Outdoor News, which is fantastic. How did that evolve? How did you get involved with that?
13: That's a great question. It started. Um, it started in 2000, actually, and at that point, that's when when we, you know, I kept I kept getting a lot of questions. They were repetitive. I kept. Uh, you know saying the same things back to people I thought there's got to be a better way to reach a larger audience in this so I don't have to keep doing this and so I approached Bill Carr who is the Northern California editor of West Outdoor News and I said Bill what do you think about maybe like an FAQ column each week you know I keep getting all these things I'm sure all your readers are asking too Um, what do you think about a column he goes well I don't know we could run it by Pat McDonald and see what he thinks. And uh, so so first I wanted to do just marine fishing, because that's where I was comfortable. And uh, Pat said, well, we'll try it, but you need to do hunting too. And I thought, oh, goodness, I'm, I'm not a hunter, but that's kind of how things evolved, you know, and so, so this is my 16th year
14: doing these.
2: I, I guess I have to ask you, you, you've answered thousands and thousands of questions, and most of them seem to be pretty everyday and mundane, but... Has there been a question that has stuck in your mind? You've been asked that you go, Holy Christopher, where did he come up with this one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
13: There's one that comes to mind. Can we talk
2: m- about this on the air? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's
13: one that comes to mind. Uh, I was actually just talking to a game warden outside about it because he, t- he had seen it. I wouldn't have believed it if this game warden hadn't seen it. Um, this person wrote in to me and said that they had seen this something occur and wanted to know if it was legal. This person... Um, had gone out and, and uh, they'd caught some sort of a of a surf perch, and they would take the fish, hold it up, and like drink it like a jug, and 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 drink all of these little baby fish. And they wanted to know if that was legal, and if so, you know, was there a I size limit? <laughs> yeah, size limit, over limit, all that stuff. And I just thought, oh, Lord, I, I never wait, would have ever.
2: Wait a minute, that. this was like a caviar infusion, except the caviar had gone full term, exactly. and now it was turned into well, protein on fins.
13: Perch are live bearers. Yeah. So they're baby little perch that yeah, the guys. Exactly. That, that's, <laughs> that, that makes it even more icky because these are all live live babies know. that he's he's just downing downing yeah well and our game warden saw it happening so now, i
2: know it was true. so do we have to come up with a new regulation on how many perch a person could suck up at one time before they got their limit
13: yep i mean anybody's welcome to take that to the fishing game commission you know, and see what they get but. well
2: the deal was is it wouldn't injure the fish they would probably release the fish alive well, Maybe he, so, or you know, there's a potential there.
13: Yeah. I, I guess we're not. I guess I, I forgot all about the mother. I just kept thinking about all those little babies.
2: <laughs> that is great. Now, your column can be found regularly in Western, Western Outdoor Western news. news. How do people get a hold of you to answer a question?
13: They can uh, send an email to me. They can send it to outdoors at wildlife.ca.gov. So, C A L. Outdoors at wildlife.ca.gov.
2: And the type of questions that you'll handle in the column?
13: Uh, they're usually, you know, fishing fishing and hunting type things. Um, those, those are what I, I prefer to answer. And, uh, you know, I get an awful lot of them, I, so I do the best I can. A lot I, I'm not able to get to, but I try. I really try.
2: I know this has probably never happened, but I have to ask the question. Have you ever given out advice and then... Uh, afterwards, someone comes up and they go, uh, Carrie, you may want to revisit the subject. Oh, yes. I'm, huh? I'm
13: embarrassed to say more times than, than not. But, you know, one thing that I do is I try, to, I try to make sure, it's something that I don't know for sure. I go to the subject matter expert. I make sure for through them that what I'm saying is correct. Um, oftentimes more times than not the questions are of a law enforcement nature. So those I always run through our law enforcement department, make sure that the attorney is the last one to look at it because it, it's a it could be a great liability. If I if I'm saying that something is legal for someone to do, I put it into print and it's on the website and and I'm wrong then someone can take that to court right and beat a ticket. And, and that's one thing that, that we have to watch out for because oftentimes these questions you can kinda of tell that someone has probably gotten pinched for something. They they were doing something okay, wrong, they sure. got caught and they so they're trying to like present it and say, Well what do you think about? Because they're kind of fishing for the answer that they want that will help exonerate them from whatever they're they're being um, cited for.
2: Now sometimes though people get in contact with you, they may bring a point of view or the question might be about something that you take on back to the powers to be and you go, you know, we've never looked at it this way or this is kind of different thinking. Maybe this is something we should be considering down the road.
13: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've had we've had many times like that when we thought, you know what? that's a good point, you know, or or we've found regulations that are that are kind of odd and crazy and they're they're outdated. In fact, like you guys might remember a few months ago I did this one. On uh, lobsters and how, when you're hoop netting with lobsters from a boat, you're not supposed to. It's against, it's against, you know, letter of the law to bring those onto the deck. And and I just did it because it was the letter of the law. Well, people went crazy over that because because it's not safe. You know, right. they have to be leaning over and you right. can't take them out so they've taken it to the fishing game commission the fishing game commission has a, has approved a regulation change
2: so well you know it's amazing because whether you're talking about lobsters or any other species those there's so many different nuances i mean it's hard in the regulation to put every single thing and sometimes there's some gray area yeah. so it's good that someone has a place to go to 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 try and get an informed answer because you know, you just can't call up the fish and game, and by the time you get through the, the gambit of different departments and questions and everything else like that, it you know you're accessible.
3: You know, since we're on lobster, I have a question for you that somebody has asked me. So, if somebody gets cited for a short lobster, mm-hmm. do you guys keep that lobster for evidence, or do you throw it back in the water? Throw it
13: back. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's um, we always throw it back if it's if it's alive. And um, they probably wouldn't keep them unless there was like a, it was like a big over limit to where they thought that someone might be taking them to commercialize them. But oh, okay. for the most part, they, I mean, if, it, if anything that's alive that they see, it will be thrown back because um, they want, they want everything to live. Oh, okay. Well,
2: Carrie, Wendy, and I really want to thank you for taking time to be oh, with us. Oh, happy to be you. If people want to contact you, if they've got a question, uh-huh. how they, how can they gain access to you?
13: Yeah, um, if, if they could uh, just send an email to me. I'm at, I'm at um, Cal Outdoors at wildlife.ca.gov. I'll do the best I can to answer. And and ask them, them too, to make a little note right at the very beginning that they heard me on the radio here, and I will make sure to to answer their questions. In a
2: given month, how many questions are you actually uh, getting?
13: Oh, my goodness. A lot of times, I mean, sometimes it's as many as, like, you know, 80 to 100 a week. Oh, my gosh, wow. So, you you know, some of them are... You know, I, I just look at them. I go look it up. You know, I, I don't I don't you know. Right, right. But other ones, I mean, if if I feel like someone is, is really asking and it, it is something difficult for them to to find, then I'm going to do my best to, to go and try to find it. But if it's something where where I feel like they're just being lazy and you know, then, right. then I, I'm not as likely to put the effort into it. So,
3: um, will you be at the Fred Hall Del Mar show? And can Absolutely. people come up there and ask you yeah. questions? I would love it if they
13: would. Yes.
2: Okay. And, and again, if you didn't get that email. Just pick up a copy of Western Outdoor News, and I think right in there, there's all the information on how to contact you, and right. and just keep keep track of uh, uh, the way you answer the questions, and maybe your question's already been answered.
13: Right, right, and and like I say, especially if they will tell me that they that they they heard us talking about it here, I will make sure that I answer it for them.
2: All right, Carrie Wilson with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. Thank you very much. It's great to see that there is someone we can talk to that's accessible to some of the questions and problems that we run into. Thank you very much for providing that service. I
13: appreciate it.
3: Thank you, Carrie. All right.
2: All right, Wendy and I, we're uh, cruising around the Fred Hall Show. There's more to come after these messages.
6: Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com.
15: two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six-ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to h H&M and Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook, And at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were.
2: Hey, welcome back. Stan and I are walking around the Fred Hall show, and Stan grabs me by the shoulder and says, John, you got to come over and see the guys over at the Extra Tough boot because they've got something
10: special.
16: Yeah, last year I heard about a new product they were coming out with, and it's made for Southern California, a lighter weight boot, and and it it breathes a little better, and it's got a wicking material on the inside, and they're making them a short boot for us because all of us roll our boots down. And they got a a deal cut with Pelagic to make a a new boot. I go, man, I can't wait to see this. And now that they're here, we figured we better come over and talk to the, the guys and find out what
2: they've done. Because it is some great stuff for Southern California. Well, let's do that right now. As everyone knows, Extra Tough has been the boot of choice when it comes to, you know, going fishing and on the decks. But we've got with us Bowtie. He's the product manager for Extra Tough. And, Bo, welcome to Ron and Real Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, this is great. You know, we're sitting in, uh, here at the Del Mar Show, but we are in front of a display of Extra Tough products that I've never seen before. First of all, before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got involved with Extra Tough.
14: Um, I started with Extra Tough like three years ago. I actually started out as their social media intern. And they just started giving me a little bit more and more work to do. And eventually, they just they handed me the brand, and here we are. A year, a <laughs> couple of years later, and we got some great new products for you guys. Well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the products.
2: You know, everyone knows about the traditional brown boot. It has been the boot of choice. But all of a sudden now, you've got a great selection of stuff for even guys like me that have high insteps that, that find it hard to get into a boot.
14: Yeah, I mean, so um, the research and development started about a couple years ago. Um, we f- we n- realized that you guys all wear your traditional extra tough brown boot, but how can we make it better? How can we uh, um, develop something that is actually specific for you guys? So um, that's why we came out with our new deck boot collection. So the, the deck boot collection comes out in two heights. So you got the 12-inch standard, then you got your 6-inch Um the big thing about this collection is it has a moisture-wicking lining on the inside, proprietary to us, called Express Cool. Um, it's a evaporative cooling is what it's, we're labeling it as. Um, what's, all, what's really cool about that is when your foot starts to sweat, it wicks away all the moisture, evaporates to the top of the boot. Um, what's also really cool about it as well is antimicrobial. You get fish guts in there, if you're catching fish. <laughs> um, you, get, <laughs> um, you get fish guts in there, just wash it out with a little bit of Dawn and water, and it won't stink up like your, tr- your, your traditional boot.
2: Now you know, getting into the boot, I used to just put like a uh, some type of a talcum powder in there to help me slip that. That doesn't hurt the boot at all, does it? Does it not? Mm-hmm. All right. And with this new stuff I heard it, it
16: like Your foot slides in easier e- anyhow.
14: Yes. So um, with the design, so it has like a very thin neoprene material that keeps the boot up, so you don't, you're not you're not you're not you're not having to pull it to put it on. You can actually just slide right in. Well, what I like about that because
2: I used to have to take my extra tufts and kind of cut them down a little bit because I could get into. Now I notice that with the ankle high that you have over here, you actually have straps that you can hold on and help you get into the boot.
14: Yeah, so like I said, a lot of research went into this boot, spending a lot of time down the docks, kind of built the boot from the dock up, right? So we found out, like, with a 6-inch height boot, a lot of people will pull from the front and back, hence the pull tabs on the ankle version. And then with a 12-inch boot, we found out that a lot of people pull from the sides, hence there's textured grips on the 12-inch version, so you can slide that on easier.
16: You know, the other part, too, I mean, there's no heel on the new one, so you're not going to get it caught on on different cords and whatever as you're walking around the, the boat that that's actually a safety factor
14: yeah so the big thing for us is so extra tough originally built for alaskan fishermen in the bering sea they need the heel they're climbing up on ladders they're they're pulling pods up and stuff like that but what we found out is your your charter captain, and your deckhands out here in the, the west coast they don't, they're not do they don't need any of that um so we cut the heel off that takes a full that takes close to a full pound out of the boot and um, the benefit of having a much lighter weight boot is when you're standing on a long, especially when you're on a long-range trip for 14 days, it's it's uh, fantastic. Tell us a little bit about the sole
2: that is on this boot, too, because it's different than any other sole that I've seen.
14: Yeah, so it's a modified version of the original uh, sole. Everything we do, however, is non-marked, non-slip, and I think that's something we uh, want to pound our chest with, Um Everything in the extra tough line is non marked non slip and um, that's something that really differentiates us from our competitors.
16: You know it helps when the when the blood comes starts flowing and the guys are there's fish slime and all that on the deck when you're not slipping and sliding. I mean that is and especially with big fish, when you're wrestling those things those big guys out there, that hundred to three hundred pound fish, non slip is it has to be a part of your game because you're you all about leverage and moving, and you've got the big fish you're holding on to. A lot of times you're sliding on the around the deck on the rail, and you really need to have the power on your feet to be able to move
2: and have a platform to pull with, and that is a really important part. Yeah, Stan, though, you know about the comfort of the boot because, especially on long range, you're wearing this boot from sunrise to sunset. Normally you don't get a chance to take them off. You need something that's comfortable yet gives you support when you're rocking around on the boat. And the Extra Tough product is a product that does that. It is. And, I mean, and all of us that fish, I mean, you saw,
16: see all the guys. This is a new thing, too. All of us fish, and we take our, our standard brown Extra Toughs, and we all roll down the cuffs to get make it a little a little cooler on us while we're out there fishing, uh, especially in the hot weather unless there's really blustery season and you pull it back up. But they have a new partner this year that they came in with, with Pelagic. And they've got a new boot that is really cool. You might want to talk about the
14: relationship there. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the 12-inch legacy boot. Um, I call it the San Diego Slipper if you're at any landing, any, mar- <laughs> any marina. Um, wait, wait a minute.
2: The San Diego Slipper? <laughs> yeah.
14: Um, everyone has them. You're down the dock. Everyone has Everybody's the 12-inch boot. Them. But it's rolled down. So I'm like, all right, how do I, how do I get it so you guys, we can... Uh, spice it up a little bit, right? So, actually, last year at the show, we met up with Pelagic, and this is where the the whole ball started rolling. We're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did one of your prints, your Dorados or your fish finder in in a boot? And uh, um, we just did a great marketing push, and it was like, um, really a big splash in the industry. And um, The boots have gone over really well, so we have two boots with them, a a green Dorado, blue Dorado print on the inside, and uh, people are loving it. They're like, oh, I've been wearing my my brown ones for years but the, the, this like incentivizes me to get another pair yeah so
16: <laughs> absolutely
2: <laughs> you know i like uh, the, the feature of the extra tough too especially with the bites that we have been getting into like this past season if the cans can't get the fish off, off the, deck the deck fast yeah. enough they are bouncing all over the place you're fighting fish you're stumbling around and you're knocking into fish if you've got a regular pair of tennis shoes or regular pair wow, of boots you're, a mess. you're going to be a mess you're going to get yourself stuck and everything like that this doesn't happen with the extra tough product well that's why we all wear them you know that the really the key is you know the first thing I tell the new
16: people that are coming on with me and I'm going to teach you how to fish on a two day or one day first thing you go buy is a good pair of boots you're going to if you're going to continue to fish you're going to wear them so just don't cheat yourself go get the good ones go buy the extra tufts and you'll have the product you need that you'll wear forever so not forever but for until you wear out and then you'll buy another pair because all of us do but the product we already know is time tested it's the most popular one out there and now i mean with the new boots i really think this is going to take off because all of us guys that do long range and that heat and wicking part (laughs)
2: that's just gonna be a real boon for our industry yeah we're speaking with uh, Bowtie. he's uh, from extra tough he's the product manager bow it's impossible for a dealer to have every boot that you carry but if someone wants to see all the different styles that are available the colors, some of the things that we're talking about that they may not find in their dealer yet where can they go to see this uh this merchandise
14: yeah, we're online at uh, extra If you want to view uh, all our new spring products, just go head to the website. Um, also, if you're looking for the Pelagic boots, they'll be on our website along as pelagicgear.com.
2: All right. And you know, and the, the nice thing about you is if you don't find it at the dealer, you can go to the dealer, ask for the boot and then you make the uh, boot available to the dealer so you can get the boots into the hands of people. For yep. sure.
14: Um, The website also includes free shipping, free returns. So if you don't know your size, order two sizes, try them on, return them.
2: You know, I can't ever think of a time, though, I've never had a pair of extra
14: tufts returned. You know,
2: it's got to be a a very small market for that.
14: Yeah, it's just people that don't really know their shoe size.
2: (laughs) Well,
16: that's the point. that's an important part for, for
14: to be able to get a, in and out of your boots a lot of times
16: you guys want, you might want to get one size bigger because it's easier to slide your foot in easier to get your foot out and in, and if there's the moisture involved especially in the brown
2: boots it's it it, it, it gets a little sticky
16: sometimes so get one size
2: larger and you're usually better off. Ty, in this day and age, everyone's always asking the question, what's the warranty on the boot? What's the warranty on the Extra Tough product?
14: Yeah, so everything that we manufacture has a one-year warranty. No questions. Just If the boot has a defect, just return it to your dealer or reach out to our own customer service and we'll replace the boot. No problem.
2: Well, you know, Stan, thanks a lot. This was a great find bringing us over here to the Extra Tough booth, introducing us to Ty Ponder over here to tell us about the tough. new Extra Tough product. Well, he's done a t- great Tough. T- 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 bow tie. Bow tie. Bow tie, <laughs> bow tie. T- I'm Tom sorry. a good
16: that. fisherman. Though. He wears <laughs> <has> Extra Toughs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no one, no matter
16: what, great job by Extra Tough with a great new product. Maybe my favorite part of the
9: show. Wow.
2: Perfect. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, thanks for being with us. Hey, you're listening to Rod Reel Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. Well, here at the front hall show we have stopped off at h&m landing a lot of the skippers here man it gives you a great opportunity to talk to the skippers of all the boats a lot of the boats you've been on some of you've been thinking about being on but haven't been able to do it And we've got one of the one of the guys with us we got uh, michael uh, franchek from the relentless michael we had you on when the Relentless, you just took over the Relentless. Yes, sir. Used to be the,
12: the Seeker, and mm-hmm. was a bunch of things before yeah, that. Exactly. It was the Relentless before that, mm-hmm. I think. It was built as the original Showgun, and then it was the Top Gun with Bobby Taft, the Relentless, and uh, after being the Seeker, we're back to the Relentless. So looking forward to 2016. Well, you had
2: a you had a season though under your belt now 2015. How's how the boat
12: performing, and and how did 2015 go for you? Oh, it was good. It's a sweet little charter boat. Uh, one of the things that sold me on it is running the Aztec for a lot of years. It's a beautiful platform, and the Relentless is just a slightly smaller version of that. It's perfect for charter groups, great deck space. Uh, stateroom allocations are really a big seller with the guys, and it allows us to pretty much do everything we did on that boat with the charter boat and, and, and focus on uh, charter groups and customizing trips to each group, and it's, it's really been a good thing for us, and we're looking forward to getting back on the water here. In 2016 well
2: 2016 comes along what fishing opportunities are you going to be making available for fishermen to take care of the relentless
12: Oh, uh, we certainly have early season local charters half day three-quarter days and such um, we're looking for an early offshore start here um, there's pretty interesting water setup. water looks pretty darn good there's been uh, a little bit of a bait tra- transfer you know we're looking at a lot more anchovy in our local waters and, uh, you know, really puts your mind to maybe seeing a little of that early season bluefin uh, and maybe even other species we haven't seen here in a couple of years early in the year. So we're looking forward to June and certainly July uh, as really getting full bore offshore. And then uh, we're looking at uh, good conditions for local yellowtail, uh, U.S. waters yellowtail throughout the spring. Uh, guys are catching fish from, you know, Channel Islands on down to... Uh, on down to San Catine and everywhere in between, including Santa Monica Bay. So it definitely would be a good season, I think, to start looking back towards uh, a typical spring of fishing Clemente, maybe getting out looking at Cortez in April and May, and uh, seeing, uh, seeing if you can't put together a catch. I think there's going to be some opportunities. Well, you know, last
2: year we had a lot of bluefin tuna on the Cortez and the Tanner. And I don't know, has anyone even been down there to take a look see what's happening there?
12: Uh, there's been a little bit of commercial presence, not exactly there, but guys have seen a little bit of signal. And I think, you know, now that you have now that you have a U.S. groundfish fishery that's open, I think it's going to be more sellable for guys to get out there and take a look. And uh, that's just it. You know, until you get good coverage, you don't exactly know what you're looking at. So uh, somebody might go out there and stumble off something real quick. And what was your take on
2: that bluefin that was taken uh Last week down at Colonnette. was that just one poor soul that
12: was lost, or could it be uh, the scout? Uh, it makes perfect sense. Uh, that water is very good down there. Uh, we've had this influx of red crab, uh, really structure structure related fishing related to that red cr- red crab going back to last year. Uh, so that's obviously why that yellowtail's down there. There's plenty of feed for it, and with good conditions, uh, like I said, a real good water setup throughout our our, our extended region uh and with that feed layer it makes sense those things go where there's where there's feed and so i know there's been a little rumor about uh fish on some other structure as well uh up in u.s waters and uh i'm sure it won't be too long for somebody takes a good look but that i i think uh time will tell it, it could be uh an isolated event or very well could be a signal of things to come well captain mike francheck
2: from the relentless out of h&m landing people want to get a hold of you find out more about the boat they're not as familiar with it as maybe as they could or maybe they were on it a few years ago the relentless of a few years ago is not the relentless of today when it comes to the uh, accommodations and and uh, the way it's been uh, upgraded
12: yeah absolutely and then it's it's the actually for the most part the original layout it was designed in the early 80s as a as a long-range charter boat that's why um you know they really made sure there's ample deck space Um, It was really laid out nice with the staterooms. And so actually, as you do improve things over time, I think it's essential to keep incorporating that original layout because there's a lot to be said for it. I would say in a lot of ways it was ahead of its time in 1981 when it was built. And uh, it's a beautiful little charter boat, and and we sure like it. Best way to keep up to date with us would be uh, anything open party will be through H&M Landing. And so you can find them at hmlanding.com. And then as far as charter inquiries... Uh give me a call anytime, 619-818-5664. And more uh, than welcome to talk fishing or trips of any duration or any questions you might have about the boat. Or you can just get a uh, hold you through H&M Landing,
2: 619-222-1144. You got it. Captain Bike on the Relentless. Man, I look, I look forward on going out on that boat again. I was out with it uh, a couple of years ago. We went to San Clemente, had a great trip. It would be a lot of fun to do that again with you. Absolutely. Anytime. Looking forward to it. You have a great season. And as we get along here in the season, we'll be uh, uh, checking in with you to find out exactly what's happening. You got it. All right. Thanks a lot, Captain Mike. Hey, uh, more to come on Rod and Reel Radio. Stay tuned.
16: Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull 7262 or just spell Bass Boat. 1-800-BASSBOAT I know, there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.COM
4: My angler H2O, like the
14: mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate
4: day. I I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket.
3: What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California.
2: Welcome back to Ron Real Radio, and uh, we've run into Frank Orsetti. He is the uh, managing partner at H and M Landing, also owner of the Constitution and the Ranger eighty-five. Frank, what the heck were you thinking when you got into this? <laughs> have, you, have you taken on the franchise for McDonald's or something, uh, or going into microbrewery business? Or
17: how's it going? No, it's going really good, John. Thanks for thanks for having me on the show. Oh. Uh, it's been an incredible year. In fact, it's coming up on this April. It's going to be my uh, it'll be my twelfth month here at H and M Landing, and I uh, couldn't be more excited. It's been an incredible year. Um, the whole fleet there at H and M, our office staff has just been uh, so welcoming. It's been a it's been an incredible incredible transition. We're looking forward to this season, which has already started. Oh, isn't that incredible?
2: Not only that, we we'll talked to people like Chuck Taff and Captain Chris Randall. They're painting
17: fish coming
2: on back on their trips, not really getting them to bite yet, and the conditions haven't been great, but it
17: looks like all the signs, again, are there. Everything's everything's there and in place. The stage is set. Chris has had a couple of good trips um, fishing down there at Colinette. Uh, with that fish that's been on the beach and also starting to show a little bit at the island. Uh, I think we're going to have a super strong spring. Now, Chuck, Chuck has some big shoes to fill after that fall Wahoo Expedition. Oh, is, man. So. Was,
2: you know, <laughs> did you get an invitation to go on that trip, by the way? Uh, I, I didn't get my invitation. No, it's still no, in the mail.
17: No, no, That's what Chuck said. Chuck said he sent it, but we'll see. You know, we're going to have ourselves another one of those seasons, so we'll see. Both you and I will see if we get an invite this year let's uh, talk a little bit about
2: h&m landing first uh, you came aboard you had big shoes to fill because what a tradition there was there at h&m landing some of the things that you saw that had to be done and what's happened at h&m landing in the past year that y- you can tell us about
17: well john for sure big shoes to fill phil Lowbred at the helm for uh over 30 years um uh, was an incredible man an incredible leader there at the at the landing Not many people know when he first came on, there were just a couple boats at the landing, and he built it to a 30-boat-strong fleet to where it is today. Um, Just an incredible, incredible job. Um, This year, we're very, very excited. We've changed our online booking platform, so there isn't isn't a system that is available to the customer that's easier and faster to book. Uh, We've expanded our social media reach, so now more than ever... Anglers can log on to any number of platforms, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, uh, and more, and find out exactly what's going on up to the minute. Um, our fleet, uh, our fleet has expanded just a little bit. A couple of boats changed hands. Well, we already saw that last season. Um, I can't let the cat out of the bag yet, but we might have a new addition to the fleet coming up. But. It looks like everybody's sitting, revved up, and ready to go. I shouldn't say sitting. Some guys are starting to move, but everybody's all dialed in and ready to go for the coming season.
2: I, I, It it seems like all the boats, too, have just gone in for maintenance, and they're putting on the latest and greatest. I mean, it's not only with the success of the past two seasons, mm-hmm. but these guys want to put out a product for their customers that's second to none, and they're putting the
17: money into their boats. John, my background is, you know, is- been up and down the coast. We, um, we offer kind of a split operation uh, in the past with my boats operating out of Channel Islands uh, in the wintertime and then in San Diego in the summer. The San Diego fleet is without a doubt cutting edge in our industry. Um, always the latest uh, and greatest of innovations seem to always begin here. It's the cradle of innovation, if you will, for our, for our industry. And, and you see that uh, with, with, all the, uh, with all the amenities that even now that our local boats offer.
2: Well, it's true. You know, if you if you wanted the amenities like good food and great state room and all, all the neat things, you, you used to have to go long range. You right. had to go on a, a two-week trip. Now, on uh, an overnight uh, day-and-a-half, two-and-a-half-day trip, the skippers have taken and upgraded their boats where you have great fishing accommodations, limited load, RSW, great electronics, and obviously good crews to make it just a a great
17: experience indeed you nailed it and and you'll see that on everything from from the smaller six-pack boats to our half-day boats three-quarter day boats like you said rsw air-conditioned spaces uh, the latest in electronics i mean not there isn't a boat i don't think in our fleet doesn't have a side scan sonar as well as um, some of the upgraded fish finding technology so without a doubt there's been a huge transformation in our fleet uh, over the last couple of years. We're speaking with Captain Frank Cercetti. He is uh, skipper and owner of
2: Ranger 85 and Constitution, also managing partner at, at H&M Landing. Uh, let's do a little prognostication from the signs that you've seen, and I know you keep your ears to the, uh, the tom-toms real closely. Uh, what's happening out there? First of all, are the long-range boats finding anything significant out there that maybe us that are in the day-and-a-half, two-and-a-half-day range might want to be looking at
17: it looks good and <clears throat> john it's a great question um, some of the guys that are on their way down on longer trips are already starting to see uh, school-sized bluefin down say at about 150 to 175 miles and when i say that i'm talking about large areas of it we've seen a huge biomass of that of yellowtail on the coast um, down around Colinette as well as about 40 miles south of the border my prediction for the summer i'm sure is on par with many others, I think we're going to see a very strong yellowtail spring. It's already started, uh, followed by, I believe, we're going to have a very, very robust bluefin bite uh, by probably May uh, wow. on into June, and I think um, we'll handle we'll, we'll hold strong in through, uh, excuse me, June and July, and then we'll transition nicely into yellowfin, dorado, and everything else that this hot water is going to bring with it.
2: Let's talk a little bit about uh, bluefin tuna, because Certainly. last year, there was a lot of uncertainty about it. You could only fish it in U.S. waters, and then when you caught it, it had to be put in its own bag, skin put on, uh, you know, I have, you know, other parts of the fish so they could be shown. Couldn't go in Mexico. What's the status of uh, us going out after bluefin tuna for this season, two thousand sixteen?
17: John, great question, and and I. I sit on the board of directors with SAC, and I can't um, I can't give Ken Frankie, our president, uh, more accolades. He's worked very, very hard and very closely with Mexican officials. We now have access to bluefin in Mexico, um, and I, I I believe that we're working vigorously with the Mexican government also to turn around some of that processing issue that we found in Mexico. But we're most excited just about our access to bluefin in Mexico last year. It was so challenging, it was so confusing, where we started off and then we got shut down and there was a big question mark as to whether we would or could be able to get back into Mexico for bluefin. Um, Of course, anglers would think, hey, you can't go into Mexico at all. Absolutely not, we have an excellent, excellent relationship with Mexico and Mexico fisheries, and we're looking forward to this season fishing across the border.
2: And if you will, just please review for uh, us, when you come aboard as a passenger, and you know, the boat's going into Mexican waters. What does the fisherman need to bring with regards to documentation? With him?
17: Okay, if we're fishing a trip within 12 miles of the coast or one of Mexico's islands, you are required to have a valid passport. h H&M and Landing will then issue the visa that's necessary or that's needed to fish within 12 miles of the coast. But the only accepted form of ID is a valid passport. But remember... That's one of the biggest confusions that our passengers have. That's only if you're fishing within 12 miles of the coast or the islands. Now, oftentimes, that scenario will be played out on a three-quarter day island trip. So you will need a valid passport for that. Um, If you're fishing, for instance, right now, one of those coastal colinette trips, uh, you will need a valid passport. But once we're offshore, as we start to get into the season, and we're offshore fishing tuna, Just a regular government-issued ID. You don't need that passport when you're fishing offshore.
2: Oh, that's great. Now, Frank, you happened to mention they've got the new website. Tell us, where can we go to find out more about H&M Landing, the boats that are available, and then also to look at the schedule to see how openings coincide
17: with our vacation schedules? So you want to go to hmlanding.com. That's hmlanding.com. You can click right there on the trip schedule or the calendar button, and you can use any number of filters. You can filter out just your favorite boat. Or if you don't have a favorite boat, but you have a favorite type of trip, say a three-quarter day or a two-and-a-half day, just click on any one of those filters, and your schedule will appear right there on the screen, and you can go to work and select a trip of your choice.
2: Now, I know you've been at a number of different shows this year, and you've been pushing the landings, and the response has been extremely good, because people know throughout the Southwest to come to San Diego and places like H&M Landing to go fishing, whether it's From Phoenix or Tucson or Fresno or Sacramento or wherever it is, this is the destination spot. I would imagine that spaces are booking up quick and that you would urge people to book as quickly as they can, especially if they're going with a couple of three buddies and everyone wants to get on the same trip.
17: Absolutely, John. You nailed it. Uh, Between the Long Beach, the San Diego shows, uh, many of our trips are filling up. There's still plenty of room. But some of those really hot trips or those holiday weekends are starting to fill fast. We've had some phenomenal fishing the last couple of seasons, especially 2015. So anglers are looking ahead more than ever to book their trip early. And it's a real safe bet this year, especially with the water conditions that we're seeing. Way, way warm for this time of year. And you don't need to go anywhere else but H&M Landing. We have, without a doubt, the most diversified schedule of departures than any other landing up and down the coast. Not only that,
2: I think the best boats in the fleet. You can't can't beat going on any of the
17: boats out of H&M Landing. They're all gems. John, without a doubt, I mean, we've been in business for over 80 years, a fleet that's 30 strong, anything from six-packs, half-days to long-range boats, h H&M Landing has a very, very solid stable of vessels. Some of the most experienced operators in our industry, located all at one landing.
2: All right. Captain Frank Orsetti from the Ranger 85, the Constitution, and managing partner of HM Landing. Thanks for being with us. And we're going to check in with you from time to time just to see how your predictions are working out for a great season. All right. Sounds good, John. Thank you, Captain Frank. Hey, uh, you're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this Sunday night. Appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoyed the interviews that Stan, Wendy, and I did at the uh, shows in the past couple of weeks. So always we want to thank Jorge, our producer in the AM540 studios, Ben Harvey, our local producer here in San Diego, and always in memory of Big Tuna, Bill Giesland, and Eddie McCune, we want to thank very much for the show that they passed on to us. That's Rod and Real Radio. We want to also want to thank you, the listeners, for listening tonight, and our sponsors. Have a great week of fishing. Go out and get them; they're getting away. We'll see you next Sunday night at five oh five p.m. On Rod Reel Radio on AM five forty or at rodandreelradio dot Good night, everyone. <laughs>